Alright, you're listening to Record Night. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And how do you do Record Night, pal? Well, we each, we draw a uh, theme from a hat, and then we each grab a record off our shelf that we think represents that uh, that theme, show it off to each other, and we talk about it. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a music review show or some shit. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's part review, part hanging out. You know, we, yeah. we're pretty laid back. Yeah, usually we are in person, but we're still in quarantine right now. Or, I guess you know, social distancing, being responsible human beings. Uh, Correct. But, uh, yeah. So I, but I'm drinking. Are you? Uh, no, we've run out. <laughs> okay. I have water though. What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking uh, Cosmic IPA Boulevard. Mm. And also, I got love a, the Cosmic IPA. I got a hint also right here. So one of those uh, lightly flavored waters. It's like. It's like uh, uh, Lacroix, but not fizzy. But, so, but you know, if someone says it's just watermelon. It tastes like someone yelling watermelon from the other side of the house. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love Hint personally. It's like it's 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 my favorite beverage, one percent. It's good. Yeah, yeah, and I, I remember that the last time you came over here, you tried to you're like you went to my fridge to look for it. I didn't have it, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what is wrong with? Where's your hospitality, Chris? <laughs> yeah. But um. All right, so uh, what's our theme today? Well, we're on the 15th episode, mm-hmm. and tonight's theme is an album uh, by a band that sounds different from the rest of their discography. Kind of like right. a, one of these things is not like the other kind of thing. Right, and um, <laughs> yeah, it, this one, I, I think you came up with this one? I did, and when I came up with it, I didn't even have a record in mind, Um. So choosing an album was really hard because it's not, it's not a super common thing. No, no, I don't think I, there's no list on the internet that mentioned that. Uh, and it's really kind of personal uh, because it's bands that, you know, you and I, we have bands and we have their whole discography mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a big section of it. And then we have to go through our feelings about the record and then find the one that's sort of the red herring, right? Yeah, it could be one way of interpreting it is kind of like, like a black sheep record, like something mm-hmm. that maybe was just, uh, you know, something that you didn't like because they changed their style so much, or maybe you do like it because they changed it so much. But it's or you appreciate yeah, the band in a different way. Um, yeah, I, for sure. I don't, I don't know how you did, but I try to stay band. I try to stay from records I didn't like because <laughs> I, I, I typically like to- try to do that unless I'm trying to uh, torture you. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh. Yeah, this is um this was an interesting uh interesting um interesting category. I'm really glad that we did it, honestly. Um Me too. I'm I was looking forward to uh doing something that that's not like a typical category. Like soundtracks pretty typical. Um the last one we did was I guess not that typical. This one we really got deep, I think, and it was a it was a cool little uh cool little uh, thing. So um what record did you bring to for me? I brought uh, Ween's 12 Golden Country Greats. I knew it was a matter of time before you bring me a Ween record, by the way. I didn't think this would be the first one I'd bring, honestly. <laughs> I was almost kind of hoping it wouldn't be because it's such a weird introduction to them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still pretty It's still pretty Ween. There's some mm-hmm. Ween ideas on here. I think mm-hmm. the whole thing as a whole is a very Ween idea. Yeah, some, um, of, it, some of it, but like, yeah, go ahead. I'm not, not going to interrupt you. Anymore. Um, For those who don't know who Ween are, what are Ween to you? 
they to me or what are they actually both. i'll do both <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're a band uh it's just it's two guys uh it was formed in 1984 by i don't know their real names but gene and dean ween mm-hmm. names they took on to kind of emulate the ramones like everyone in the ramone is not their last name's not ramon it's like a yeah. moniker that they took on that's kind of like gene and dean ween um and they started just making tapes in middle school and have kind of just been pumping out music forever. And they've been and consistent, this, like, with every two years or every year or, or even more. They haven't been in a while. Um, they've mostly just kind of stuck to touring and doing stuff like that. Um, so they haven't released anything since, I believe, La Cucaracha in, gosh, I think that came out when I was still in high school. Jesus. <laughs> But they're they're kind of huge in the sort of a uh, in that sort of sort of weird music sort of circle. For I mean, sure, like they they're, are they're legendary, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're they're in the they're like one of like the holy trinity of weird. <laughs> I think is Primus in that holy trinity too? Yeah, people who like Ween like Primus and vice versa. Yeah, uh, when when I saw that was Ween, uh, I mentioned my brother that we're doing a Ween record, uh-huh. and he he was like. And he goes, oh yeah, like, yeah, it's a very Ryan thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. They, I listened to them a lot in high school. They were a pretty formative band for my my tastes and, and creative they, output. I feel like the band I was in in high school very much followed the trajectory of Ween. That's what I was saying. Like, did they influ- influence your musicianship? Things you wrote about, maybe. Um, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think. I was the thing that influenced me the most was just that, like they could hop between a bunch of different genres and mm-hmm. still sound proficient in it. Yeah. Like it wasn't it feels like they know a lot about what they're copying or in this case I think making fun of. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Like um 12 Golden Country Greats, name of the album. Yeah. It's 10 songs long. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> To me, it opens with a joke. I think the back the background of it is they had the album art printed up before uh, the track listing was finalized, and they just said, fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I like to think of it as just, there's a joke right off the bat. and I, The whole thing is, it feels to me very satirical. I don't think they have any reverence for country music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff they make fun of because when i was i was doing a little bit more research on it to bring to the show i was looking at uh reviews in the past okay and i feel at least they interpreted it differently than i interpreted it and gave it lower scores which i think there's some things on here that we maybe i should warn you about in advance there's oh oh yeah yeah (laughs) there's a little bit there's uh homophobia racism uh misogyny like there's a lot of that stuff on here but i think it's purposeful for making fun of like the country community okay and i think that's the point of it because none of this stuff shows up on any other ween albums before or after like it's very specific to this album okay so you okay that makes sense like so you think for someone who's not a ween fan they come to this record and they might be a little fucked up like what the fuck dude yeah why are you like Really, you like this? And yeah. 
I mean, I know people who maybe don't interpret it that way. I know there's people who've uh, who've listened to this album and they think they're being maybe not serious, but that it it's not like satirical that it's actual reflections of what the artists actually think. And I don't, I personally don't think it's that way. Um, but you know, and there's also multiple versions. Did you listen to this through Spotify? I did. Okay. There's, there's a, there's two different versions of it. And the original version is a minute longer, which we'll talk about when the reason why, when we get to the song, but I think it'll, okay. I think it's pretty obvious, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, read along the lyrics with it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, how were you introduced to Ween? Like, what would turn you on to Ween? Uh, I was, like, deep into Primus, and I had a friend in high school showed them to me who, he wasn't even really into that weird of music. It was more just, like, I was showing him Primus. He's like, this is weird. My dad kind of likes this weird band called Ween. Um, <laughs> we should listen to him, and he showed me the album Chocolate and Cheese, and I was like, this is awesome. This is ridiculous. Like, it's... It's funny, but, like, I don't know. They're funny, but I feel like they're not really, like, making jokes. Like, there's parts kind of like that throughout the album. This album's a little bit more jokier at points, but it's, like, I don't know. It's just kind of goofy. It's weird. I think Ween refers to it as, like, brown. Is like, they that's how they come up with their stuff is, like, they'll almost, like, emulate a genre, but then they, like, brown it up. They make it just kind of, like, grimy and weird, and that's that's Ween's way of doing stuff. But yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my experience with Ween, and they currently have one of one of my favorite albums of all time, The Mollusk. Okay, uh, okay, which I think is more representative of Ween themselves, the Ween style. This is kind of a fun detour, I guess, where it's like after you kind of know Ween, you go in and listen to this. Yeah. And uh, like you said, well, we'll talk about that when we get to the record. How about mm-hmm. that? Um, so this is uh, Ween's 12 Country Greats. 12 Golden Country Greats. Oh, there we go. Uh, 12 <laughs> Golden Country Greats. It's on Spotify. Um, if you guys want to listen to it that way, I'm sure that the other version you mentioned may be on YouTube. There's only one song really you need to like switch over to on YouTube. Okay. If you uh, we'll, If you can. Yeah, yeah. If you can. But you don't. So, so. But um, yeah, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to... Uh, so, Ween, 12 Golden Country Greats. All right. So, that's uh, Ween's 12 Golden Country Greats. It sure was. And it's 10 songs. So. Yep, not 12. So, uh, this whole record reminds me of uh, 70s country. Right. Well, so you're from you're from Texas, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, you're... You practically have your PhD in country music, I assume. I, I, I gotta be honest, no, I don't. Uh, oh, growing dang. Up, growing, <laughs> I was up, gonna... I, growing up, I hated country. Um, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate some of it, but not definitely not near to uh, the you know the Toby Keith and the and the George Streets and all this, all that shit. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I'm not, like if I'm going to listen to country, it's going to be either alt country, uh, like you know, Ala Wilco, or. Uh, mm-hmm. Or uh, Tupelo, or it's going to be that shit from the '60s, you know, Hank Williams. And right. e- even then, I don't, I don't dive too, too deep into into a country. Uh, but this, this sounds like a country record, like, like. So it sounds pretty authentic. Yeah, I mean, authentic in the way that there's lots of sl- you know slide guitar, lots of um. Some some of the songs, uh, you can tell that they 
either chose an affect or didn't do an affect at all because mm-hmm. of the country country twang. Uh, well, let me tell you why it sounds so authentic. Okay, is the music on this album besides two guitar solos were played entirely by like famous country session musicians. Oh, so like Nashville session musicians? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So they didn't really play any of the music on it. They wrote it, um, but most of most of the stuff is played by country session musicians. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, they did all the singing though. Oh, of course. <laughs> you gotta have your thing on it. Um, I, I, I didn't know what to think about this record because you know I wasn't when I when I. I saw the title. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're gonna say something, and, and then it's fucking straight up a country record. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, um, I was expecting to hear Wayne because I, I, I have a little bit of time with Wayne. I went on a uh, 22 hour road trip from Texas mm-hmm. all the way through back to California, and uh, the driver was a big fan of Wayne, so we heard a lot of Wayne. And when I heard this, this, I was like, okay, this is not the Wayne I remember. <laughs> um, and that's why it's kind of an interesting detour i think is you kind of get you get to hear this different side of them exploring a genre entirely which they don't really do often or at all beyond this <laughs> yeah it's interesting i think we should go for it song my song and then talk a little more about it for sure so okay so uh this record does it does touch on classic country themes uh, a lot um, oh for sure yeah so like uh, i'm holding you right uh, yeah kind of just a pretty straightforward love song until the lyrics get kind of like weirder yeah 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 like like for example as i lay present to waste uh a lobe of oxygen puking like i'm like i'm like okay so so i'm listening to it i'm like okay there's some weird fucked up lyrics in here and i'm mm-hmm. holding you which and i just love how they i love how they slip it in just so casually because the whole first thing is just like oh you know you're you're more precious than fine or, and then yeah. it's like, I'm writhing and squealing and puking looking for, <laughs> yeah. oh, what does that say? Uh, looking for someone like you. And you're yeah, like, like what? <laughs> and even fine or is a weird thing to, to say that, like, I've never looked at something like, ooh, that's fine or. Like, right. like um, I've never described my love that way to, to you know, like a, a darling or whatever. Like, a, uh-huh. like a, I've never described my love that way, but. But most of it is a country, you know, like, I'm holding you, like, that sort of, like, um, that sort of country, classic country love song type stuff. And, yeah. um, in, in this song, the, the word, the voice is absent of affect. So there's no country twang in this one. It's just sort of straight up singing. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it, hey, it's, it, it's a slow country 70, you know, classic. It sounds like I'm going to 70s, the 80s, and 90s to get a little bit like pop country, and that that's not what this is at all. No, not at all. <laughs> um, but uh, so right away when I got to the lyrics, I was glad that there was some fucked upness and there's some a little bit, a little bit of twisted uh, lyrics in here. It's been uh, it gets even more twisted as we move on through the record. Oh, for um, sure, <laughs> it kind of just keeps going and going. But yeah, so the and this is a short record; it's only 32 minutes long. Um, yeah. Ten songs. So, ten songs, and uh, we move on to the second song, Japanese Cowboy. Yeah, a little bit more kind of jaunty. Yeah, yeah, I have jaunty honky tonk song written yeah. on my notes. <laughs> it's a, it, and the, the song, the country affect is strong. Yeah, he definitely, uh, he definitely um, brings that in there, and he mentions Shoney's. 
<laughs> the rest, yeah. the restaurant showings. I the thing about, I remember most about showings is stopping at a lot when my grandfather. I'd go on road trips with my grandfather, like uh-huh. going to showings. That's what I basically remember showings for. Go get your three dollar uh, breakfast. Yeah, and it was that. It was if I remember correctly, it was about that cheap. But I haven't been to showings in maybe fucking. 25 years um <laughs> it's been a long time and that, that, that proves my age i was probably 10 years old last time i went um right probably around the time this album came out if it's been that uh, yeah. long 1996 yeah <laughs> um and, and i'm not quite sure uh what the chorus means like a japanese cowboy or brother on skates uh i think that's where you do kind of get a little bit of that racism yeah it's it's supposed to be kind of something that's like uh, this seems weird i mm-hmm. guess is i i'm pretty sure i i'd heard it before i'd heard this album uh because uh, they they use a lot of like i guess country or midwest idioms on this mm-hmm. album and that's one of them that i've heard in the past a japanese cowboy yeah like something okay. that you don't you like you don't really see it's kind of weird yeah okay uh i yeah you don't see a blizzard in georgia at all yeah. but i i plenty of trains run late I'm just gonna say, <laughs> but this song also, but it's it's a, a a classic country theme, pining for your girl. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, they they do a lot of stuff in here that's classic country, and uh, either making fun of it or they're begrudgingly, you know, begrudgingly um admiring it. But yeah, uh, I, I I I don't know. Uh, but do you have the, do you own this one? I do not. I actually, I think I only have one, one Ween album. I need oh, to grow that collection. Are they kind of hard to find on vinyl? No, they just kind of always slip my mind. Okay, yeah. They're I mean, one of those that's like, they've always kind of been there, and I don't listen to them enough, I guess, to uh, justify it. And usually when I'm heading to the, the record store, I have like something very specific in mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oftentimes I'll try to um, write down what I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. so I'm not like uh, I I don't forget like when I get to the record store what I want. Uh, oh yeah, I always pop like my Spotify open, be like, what bands do I like again? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I check my iPod and my now Spotify is uh, now overtaking my iPod since I've been stuck at home a lot. Um, it's it's uh my iPod has stayed in my car and I've, and you know I'm a premium member of Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I've been I've been revisiting shit I don't even really like like I've been revisiting a few songs off of uh, my chem- my Chemical Romance records that I really <laughs> like I'm like this shit was a banger like that like and um <laughs> but uh yeah I mean um and uh you know I'm waiting for Mills to still send me I ordered two of those uh very curated record packs you guys don't know what Mills is we mentioned it a uh, Mills Record Company is a badass record store down in here in Kansas City and they they've been they have this thing called a curated record care pack. They have these categories where they'll send you a record, like, you know, out of the blue. Like, like their categories, like, I did Metal Essential. They'll send me mm, categories essential. like something we would have an episode about. Yeah, perfect. Um, there's one where it's, you know, like, I, I picked a metal record and an essential record. So, still waiting for those. I don't know if uh, the post service is fucked up or Mills is fucked up. Either way, <laughs> I can't stay that mad at, at Mills. They, they've done too much for me. But um, <laughs> I did order, um, last time I did, it was a Apocalypse Records and then Essential Records. But I ordered Milk Belly, which is this sort of psychedelic pop in. Mm-hmm. And so 
when I ordered the the essential the well I'm sorry it wasn't essential oh yeah essential and apocalypse. So they sent me Godspeed Black Emperor's Luciferian Towers, which I haven't been able to get through because my wife's been working with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it gives her anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they also sent me Melvin's Houdini, which is a fucking fantastic record. Yeah, uh, I love it. And I would say, I would agree that that is an essential. And uh, they only picked it because I ordered the Milk Belly record with it. They're mm-hmm. like, I took a chance. So, and uh, Melvin's are psychedelic, like sludge metal. They're great. Um, if you guys don't know, if you guys don't, I haven't listened to Houdini and you like psychedelic music, I would recommend it highly. It's amazing. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, did one it, recently. I got Essentials and uh, and an Oddballs one, and I got... Well, yeah, go ahead. My Essential was Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy, mm-hmm. which I'd never listened to. It was pretty fun. Okay. Um, and then the Oddballs one was... Uh, I think it's called like Twisted Crystal by Gorilla Toss. Okay. And I really liked that. That was like I, right up my alley. Yeah, that's uh, you mentioned it, and it sounds like it's something I'm really into. I'm I'm afraid that they're gonna send me something I have already. <laughs> you know, that's like, always scary. Yeah, yeah. Because if I I thought I'd do oddballs, I'm like, are they gonna send me Black Mini? Because I own that Black Mini record, um, <laughs> and I like Black they get, they go all, they go all over for the the oddballs one. They the last time I did a pack, they um, what they send me? It was like a Japanese progressive fusion band. And then one that was like the guitar player from that uh, Miles Davis played with, and a band of musicians that use uh, like traditional Indian instruments, like jamming together. Nice. And that was really cool. We should probably get back to the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We could we can always talk about what we bought later. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Piss up a rope. Yeah, another Uh, like weird idiom I've heard before. This record has like a lot of. This song has a lot of attitude. Um, yeah, it's a fuck off song. Yeah, it's a fuck off song. And uh, what I read, I did a little bit of research on the term "piss up a rope." Is it's a, sort of a nonsense term, right? Uh-huh. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like two tears in a bucket. Fuck it, that that sort of thing. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so um, I also read that um, that Dean wrote wrote the song for his wife. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, this song is hilarious, by the way. It's a funny song. I really, I, I love it. And, it. and it sounds kind of like a drinking country song, right? Like, you're, you're at the bar, you're drinking, you're having, you're getting sort of raucous, sort of, and everyone goes around. Um, it has, uh, it has a very, does have some very ween moments on it, like that weird fuzzy guitar solo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah in the middle uh, of it, like, that is so ween. Oh, yeah, I dig that towards solo, man. That was probably my favorite musical <laughs> moment of the record. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but there's some stuff like on your knees, you big booty bitch starts sucking. <laughs> you ride my ass like a horse in a saddle, and I rub shit's creek with a turd for a paddle, and I can't cope. Piss up a rope. Um, yeah. I uh, this um this song's fucking hilarious. It's it's basically uh talking about the uh, and I I know I would never talk about my wife this way, mm-hmm. but you have you have you you don't know. You know, your uncle or your older guy or your shitty friend who t- refers to his life as the old lady. <laughs> and like, oh, a, yeah. or the old, and that's how it or comes the old, off. Yeah, the old ball and chain. And so, like, he's saying, she's, he's saying, you know, that she, she st- steals all my money. She, uh, yells at my friends and she talks shit about everyone. And God, she won't climb out of my ass. That's yeah, what this exactly. Song sounds. So, uh, that's what this song sort of reminds me 
Oh. Which is is very much, I feel like, a sentiment uh, that a lot of people, a lot of people who listen to country music still hold on to today. It's like that very just like, oh, old ball and chain. Yeah, like you were saying. <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, you know, kind of like all my exes live in Texas, but he's still with his ex in, the, in this one. I yeah. can't imagine if I called my wife a big booty bitch and told her to start sucking. Man, the, the shit I would get kicked out of me. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a funny song. I I, I really think it's tongue in cheek, like you were saying. And when you mentioned that, I I do think you know you know Ween, and they're mm-hmm. they're not this type of band to basically just talk shit like that. Um, right. But they are they are a funny band, and so the, I found this um, I found the song, you know, it's a drinking country song. Uh, it still sounds like country, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a rowdy song. Uh, and that toward solo in this, it's sort of like um, over. I love that toward solo, man. I can't get enough of that. Honestly, I wish I could find that guitar tone and just Me too. play it. You just crank the fuzz way up on it, your uh, on your fuzz pedal. Yeah, the fuzz and bring down the bass really hard. Yeah, and bring up the treble big time. And maybe maybe a maybe just a fucking equalizer. <laughs> you know, like, like right. Yeah, because it sounds like it's it, it sounds like a, a broken amp. And it sounds awesome. Uh, let's move on to the next song. Uh, uh, I don't, don't want to leave you on the farm. Yeah, I don't want to leave you on the farm. And this is also a classic country theme uh, theme song because you know lots of farm talk. <laughs> um, yeah. or, uh, it sounds and, like he's going to go off and be a trucker. Yeah, or leave her on the farm. I know, but he doesn't want to. But he's got to ramble, you know. Yeah. He's got to ramble, <laughs> but, he, but he's he, he's thinking about you. Corn's turned brown, the leaves fall to the ground. It's a sound that sticks like you, Gloop, but, you know, I got to go. It's kind of like that Eagle Eye Cherry song, uh, Save Tonight. Girl, you know I got to go. I got to hop in my big rig. Yeah. Girl, you know I got to go. Lord, I wish it wasn't so. That's not in the song, but but that's like basically the thesis of this of this song. It's it's a it's a move. It's it's a sad song, but it's still moving. It's not like a mournful song yeah. uh, when it comes to the sound of it. But it's it moving. But it's you know I don't want to leave you on the farm. I don't want to go. Just so you know. Yeah. But, gotta, <laughs> but he's got to ramble. He's got he's got to make that money trucking. He's got to sit on that throne. Yeah, and he, he's not going to call you on the telephone, so don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> but but he's going to get stoned too. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> um, so I don't leave the farm. It's, it's a it's a silly song, um, but um, yeah, it's it, it's uh we're getting. And by the way, all these songs are very comparable. I think they're all three minutes, about uh, give or take a few like fifteen seconds. And nothing feels extraneous. No, which is not which is not something to say about the next record. But, um, <laughs> but they make their point with the, each song and they move along. You know, exactly. Uh, they do what they can. Next song, "Pretty Girl." I. Uh oh, you froze. I I don't know what to say about this song. I I don't know if I. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if this bring the, to me. I felt a little homophobia in this song. In Did "Pretty Girl." That? Yeah, I'm pretty girl a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if I got that in this one. Okay. Uh, which uh, which part specifically? Okay, so the second verse specifically, because okay, I'm gonna read it real quick. It says there's a scum sucking, lip pucking, fat old truck driving man on town. There's a boot licking, high tickling dude around. So there's two dudes mentioned in this verse. 
but only one woman. So what's going on there? I don't know. I think girl likes guy with the boots. Um, the Heine Ticklin guy? <laughs> no, the other guy. The Heine Ticklin guy who's uh, scum sucking. She doesn't like him, but he likes her. Okay. So kind of love triangle kind of okay. thing. Okay. Okay. We should probably say the song is about uh, a you know it's a I guess it's classic country. I don't I don't know if I would call it that. Um, um, hell no. I got yeah. It's a drinking song basically. Uh, again, that sort of honky tonk, you know, moving song. It's got uh, a banjo I, solo. Oh yeah, it does have one of those. I do like the they they do use um the word turn his life around uh, several times throughout this song, which I I, I kind of like. Um, yeah. It's basically about finding a girl or a girl finding a guy and then wanting to fuck. <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> let's get our fuck on. She wants to rock it, roll and rock him. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Turn his life around. Yeah, yeah. She wants. She either he wants to, he wants to get. You know, he wants to get laid by this girl, or he wants to, this girl to lay him. Wanted to, but he wants his life turned around. He wants. He wants to get get it on. Yeah. It's. Smooth talking, and apparently the dudes in here are funny walking, which I, I don't know what that means, but they are. Um, <laughs> they walk funny like cowboys. Oh, I love the violin work in the song. This is fiddling to its best. Um, <laughs> and it's really the only song in the record that has a strong fiddle presence. Um, but you can't have a country record without, without uh, a fiddle. And I, I remember one time I was at a pawn shop and I saw a violin. And this one I was like thinking about me buying one. And I'm uh-huh. like, how much how much money is like this here is a fiddle and I'm like in my head I'm like there's no fucking difference. But um, Right. <laughs> it's how you play it. Yeah. It, maybe yeah, fiddles yeah. are cheaper. Maybe, maybe they're made out of plastic, I don't know. Yeah, or you call <laughs> it a, if you call it a fiddle, you don't have to pay thousands of dollars for it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't cost three thousand dollars just to fix it. Yeah. Um uh let's we'll move on to uh powder blue. Powder uh, blue. I yeah, okay. So this is another example of a song that has a fucked up lyric in it that you don't know what it means. Um, Which but go one ahead. you got? Well, okay. Well, it starts out, you know, Powder Blue is like the name for a lady. And then he just mentions the seventh son of Orion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. But um, you have something to say about the song, right? Yeah. So in this one, they do that country thing where at a certain point like everyone's playing and the the singer kind of introduces the different people in the band and they do a little solo i love that that's that's so classic country too so yeah on the spotify version the last thing that happens is he introduces muhammad ali and then it cuts off yeah and i was like i was like that's abrupt like, like, in the original version they keep playing and they just play a quote from muhammad ali like a muhammad ali solo it's really yeah. weird like it, that's very very ween like it, it's it such is. a weird idea but they after the original pressing i guess um muhammad ali's lawyers came after him because he didn't have permission to use the quote or the recording so they just cut it out after that or up to that point but there's a whole other minute of this song of just a weird Muhammad Ali quote <laughs> with yeah, the music wrote, still playing. Yeah, I read it and I was like, okay, that doesn't really make sense with the rest of the song. But um, but I I, I do this song. I do like the bapas, you know, like I do like yeah. the. Uh, I, it, it, and like it was it wasn't weird until the seventh son of Orion, but <laughs> like line. 
I actually, I mean, I do like the fact that they slip in shit to let you know this is not a regular country record. Even though it's it's as regular country as it gets when it comes to sounding like a country record. Right. Um, and, uh, like, again, I think it's tongue-in-cheek. And I'm, I'm glad that you uh, you got that same sort of thing from me, uh, from it, too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that Powder Blue is one of my favorites. And then we get to the song, which is uh, called Mr. 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 Richard Smoker, mm-hmm. which is a silly fail just talking about sucking dick. Uh, it's the most homophobic song I think I've all heard. Uh, oh, for sure. Well, this one's the yeah. most obvious. Yeah, talking about your po- poopy poker and um, and you'll eat dark meat and a chicken choker and let it hang out and uh, doodly boo doodly boo boo doodly boo boo doodly boo boo bow. Um, so I I I do want to say that I do not think uh, they meant this. Uh, I wing aren't like the type of band that would be like uh like hey he's gay that's funny right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. get that from wing. Uh, I, I'm I think sure the they... song's the one that I've seen misinterpreted the most. Yeah. Like, if you look at it at face value, it it definitely looks like, oh my god, Ween's, Ween's homophobic and stuff like that, but I think this is one of those ones that it fits into that weird satire. Yeah, and this song has, it's heavy, it's got a jazzy horn all throughout it, and it's solo heavy uh, when it comes to, like, like you know, straight up country solos, no fuzz, just sort of playing it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, the, I, I, I like the the dilibabu, dilibabu, dilibabu bow. Yeah, and with that chorus, I think it's it is making fun of a song like this. Um, you know, I I I don't exactly know. I can't exactly recommend this song to anyone. Right. Because uh, it really only works within the context of the album if you're oh, looking yeah. at it like a satire yeah. thing. Like it's yeah, it's not That's one a, of those ones that like, oh, you like you want to hear a really good Ween song? Yeah, yeah. Listen to Mister Richard Smoker. Get it, Dick? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's it's I I did write down what the fuck homophobia, <laughs> like, right? Like, but um, uh, it's it's a strange song, and I think it's a song that any person who's not familiar with Ween. And they hear this song, they hear this record, be like, "This is, this is like, you know, this is shitty." Yeah. Um, but the next song, which is a very Ween title, I think. Oh help yeah. Me, help me scrape the mucus off my brain. Yep, it's my favorite but, song on the album. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, yeah, I wrote that down too. I, my favorite. I thought, I thought it was funny, by the way. Because it. But but it does again have a very country theme, even up to the dog part. Um, oh yeah, got to talk about your dog, man's best yeah, friend. Yeah, so it, there are two songs about that, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this song is about sort of you know you fucked up, and the only thing that cures your pain is the sweet nectar of alcohol, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah. And then so, you yeah you know guilting the people around him to yeah. enable him like it, it's yeah. got like a very dark spin on it yeah he's like you know if you love me let me keep destroying myself yeah um, exactly but i love help me scrape the mucus off my brain that's such a fucked up way to think about it yeah like yeah i'm like uh, when i read the time like that's very wing you would never hear that in the country song ever <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ever um but it's and you know uh i I'm seeing stuff about um, 
And that Frenchman loves to party. I think he's talking about whatever whatever French liquor he's drinking. Oh, for uh, sure. But you know, uh, he does. You know, uh, this <laughs> this is a fun song. I uh, it's um I wrote down. Uh, yeah, it's um it's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. If but you, it, if it's you, very uh, dark, funny, dark yeah, comedy. Dark, Dark comedy and you and Ween are pretty good at that dark comedy. Oh, and it's sure. something it's something you you needn't look too deep into. Uh that goes with every song on this record. This when it comes to this record, everything is pretty much at face value. Um what it means is what it means. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um and we'll move on to You Were the Fool. Now, this is the one song I think when they're trying to emulate John Denver. Oh really? Yeah, that's what I got, you know. Uh, slow forward. I've never Mark listened Easy. to John Denver, so. Well, I just imagine this was his most his song. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've heard a few of his songs, and I'm like, okay. Um, especially with the collecting moonbeams in the morning line in here, yeah. that's a very John Denver like love nature sort of hippie ish sort of uh, thing. But this this song, I think, is mostly about doing drugs. If I, if I had to, uh, to if I had to interpret myself. I think so, and but then yeah. you get the "You Are the Fool" part, which is I think they're um, uh, like fakely condemning drug use. Yeah, because a lot Him of it's and- a lot of it's in like the second person, where it's like you're doing this, you're doing this, and it's like, and you were the fool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do like the line of Jim and Dan prancing around the pool. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Jim and Dan, like these two country dudes prancing around the the pool they the one of them has in their backyard like, oh yeah <laughs> yeah after after doing whatever drug they did um it's got weird things like you can wash your arm in a pool of mud you can prevent chop a tree prevent a flood um, <laughs> and then speak with the turtle just by flipping around just turn that turtle around and, and show me you know the mind you have uh, <laughs> and uh, this is the one i think is the most ween like record part of this song is initiate the sequence create catastrophe? I yeah, <laughs> I actually I really like that line. Um, yeah, this were- this song has a lot of really good lines. It opens with like a like a weird religious reference somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, um, and then you get some ween peeking in a little bit here, where like as the song fades out, you get these just like weird like it sounds like a guitar dying. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere yeah. just kind of like blending in with the background. You're like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. You, you, I, you know, I listen to this on headphones. So I, I remember I actually do my fingers and pressed it the headphones closer. You know, uh-huh. like like when we we're listening, you know, I was listening to it uh, all in all. And then uh, we close out the song. Fluffy. Yeah, straight up song about a dog, which is well, all you want from a country song, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it it, but. Uh, so he talks about his good old friend Fluffy on the porch. But there's one line that I would like to know. He says, why would you do it, Fluffy, on the porch? Now, yeah, he mentions about, the porch a lot. But he asks why did Fluffy did on the porch. Is he talking about shitting? He's talking about pissing? <laughs> I don't know if Fluffy did. But, he, you know, it's his old friend, his pal. And he's not going to talk shit about Fluffy. He ruined, he ruined the sanctity of the porch by chewing on his leg. Yeah, yeah. And Penny, that's his girly. And he'll take his girl will take out Fluffy for a walk while he sits on the porch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the porches, the porches, his safe place, his happy place. Yeah, and he mentions the pig, which I, I don't know who the pig is, but it might be someone on the farm. 
Yeah, it could be the actual pig. Yeah. Yep. And then the farm, the pig chases Penny or chases Fluffy back on the porch, and Fluffy obliges. She scared the pig. Yeah. But um, the porch is uh, safety. Yeah, but uh, it's a it's it's a song about a dog, and it's a it's another way for Ween to say we know what all these songs are about, and we ain't gotta have a song about a dog. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, it's a funny song, and a lot of songs on this record are funny, and I think that's I think Ween they they made a country record. Yeah, they succeeded. Now, I have a hard question for you. What you got? In in the terms of Ween, when it comes to listening to Ween, where does this fall in their discography? I'm gonna have to look at their discography list. Um, it's not really, at least for me, it's not really anywhere near the top. Because uh, I feel like they've done a lot more interesting stuff when they're able to kind of move away and into different genres and play the music themselves because they're ridiculously good musicians. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's kind of... I'd say it's pretty middle of the pack um, because it's still pretty funny. Um, I don't like a lot of their early, early stuff because it's... That's when they were still doing stuff on tapes and it's very noisy. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, it kind of sits somewhere in the middle. Okay, it's it's a weird record. Um, it's very I weird. I I do like the fact that you showed it to me as a as a a Ween record, but I don't see myself going back to visit it unless. Mm-hmm. But I will be telling people about it for sure. Um, I'll be mentioning, hey, you like Ween? Have you heard the? Let's talk about twelve country golden country greats. Yeah. for a second. <laughs> um. Do you, you know, I want to be talking about that record quite, uh, to quite a few people. Um, but it, it definitely fits the theme, man. It's nothing like, nothing else than discography. And Yeah, not even close. I wonder what the record label thought about putting this out. You know, that's, I'd like to hear the discussion. You know? Oh, I mean, at this point, Ween was already being pretty weird. I think, at least as far as I can tell with their output. Um, Because I think it was right in between Chocolate and Cheese and The Mollusk. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the record label at that point was probably just like, we don't know what to do with these guys. We're just going to let them do whatever they want. (laughs) Because they record all their stuff themselves. Oh, self-produced, huh? Yeah, at least I think at this time it was all pretty close to self-produced or they were producing with friends. So they they were releasing albums for pretty cheap and selling a lot of them. So are there, re- there are records that you dislike more than this one by Wayne? They they have such a big discography that I, yeah. I you know I really feel like they're a band I should like that I just don't know where to fucking start. But the I mollusk. guess I just, the mollusk. That's about to say. I guess it should be the <laughs> mollusk. All right. Um, I don't think I like Godween Satan the Oneness or the Pod as much as I like this one and maybe White Pepper. Okay. Yeah. All right. Should we uh, should we get into my record? I think we should. I'm okay, excited to I, see what you brought. I brought Arcade Fire's Reflector. Um, now, here's the thing about Arcade Fire. A lot of people uh, hate this band. Oh, not really? Ne- not necessarily their music, per se, cause, but most people who hate their band haven't listened to their music. Um, not I haven't that- listened to them. Um, well, that's that's not entirely true. I've listened to one song by them. Okay. And I remembered it as listening to an album, but I only listen. I think it's called like "I Am Power." I'm the power. 
Okay. It was just like a it was like a single. It wasn't even on an album. Was it Wake Up? Oh, it's not. Wasn't even a record. Okay. Um. So Arcade Fire, they are a, a I guess I'd call them indie, a legendary indie band. Uh, mm-hmm. But the the, the basically it consists of these four people, even though they have shit tons of people like uh, alive, right? Uh, but it, it consists of Win Butler, who is by the way, Win Butler is originally from Dallas, oh. but he moved to he moved to Canada during high school, and his wife Regine Chasson, who is a uh, who is a Canadian, but she has Haitian heritage, which plays big into this record, um, and has William Butler, Richard Perry. Tim Kingsbury and Jerry Gara. And they all play different instruments. Like, they all can play... They're all, like, multi-instrumentalists. And when Arcade Fire first came out, they did a record called Funeral. And since there were so many people in... So much happening song, they thought they sounded like two bands put together. Right. Um, um, the, their first one's called Funeral, and a lot of people love Funeral, the first record. And the reason I know about Arcade Fire is because uh, I, I used to... I used to... I bought... Uh, a uh, a um a, a um issue of a spin when I was like fifteen uh-huh. and and David Bowie gave a whole little uh, article about how much it was arcade fire so uh, David Bowie's a big reason why this band's big but uh, they they are an interesting band um, they've started in Montreal they're a Canadian band they're the best thing to come out of Canada since I don't know maple syrup or some shit. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to say Nickelback because really, um, since but, Michael um, Sarah, yeah, since Michael Sarah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, their records, the first three, the first one, Funeral, everyone loves it. It's got all these little great sounds, and then Neon you know, Bible, which sort of stripped down, and then the Suburbs, which is the record that won the album of the year at the Grammys. Um, Called the suburbs and it, uh, they were up against like yeah, I think like like Gaga and Beyonce and shit. And when they won, he came on stage say, "Holy shit, we won!" I guess I, I I don't really give any credence to music awards. So I don't think they even scratched the top of the barrel. Yeah, but same. I, I, if I had a Grammy, I, I'd I'd be pretty excited. I guess <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> "This is going on the mantle." I guess, um, but but RK Fire. A lot of people when they listen to. Sp- when they think about the span or they look at the span, they're gonna think, "Man, these guys are such blowhards," and I don't blame them. Like, um, like whenever I see interviews with Arcade Fire, I, I just I get kind of grossed out. Like, oh, are the, they are they a little pretentious? I I I I think they're trying to be funny when they when they do it, but it's just not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, I remember when uh, when Reflector came out, the lead singer Win Butler, he did some weird haircut, like a funny, a silly haircut, like you know, shaved one side but not one the other. Mm-hmm. And when people asked him why he did that, he's like, you know, I'm a rock band. People, rock bands, can get silly haircuts and not get ridiculed. But the thing is, he did get ridiculed right. <laughs> for the haircut. <laughs> um, but. Well, I'm gonna talk about Arcade Fire for a second. I did so when I heard about the acclaim around this band, I went and bought Funeral. I love Funeral, the first record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to it. I, I probably listened to it and repeat like the first time I heard it, like three times over. I was super excited about Funeral, right? Wow. Uh, and then uh, I was a big fan of the band, right? And then Neon Bible came out. It's the second record. I remember getting Neon Bible at Target when it came out, uh-huh. and uh, 
and your the, local record store. Yeah, at the time, yeah, I was I was still a kid. I was like, I don't uh, 2006. So I was, I guess I was at 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I I, I, lo- I actually like the Bible more than their first record. Though uh, their legions of fans would disagree with me heartily. Who? Um, <laughs> I, I, I I like You've gotten the, into I fights like, with Arcade Fire fans. Uh, actually, I, I don't know. I don't think I know any other Arcade Fire fans. I think oh, wow. everyone I've listened to, everyone I've listened to Arcade Fire with, they only know Arcade Fire because I was listening to them at that time. Uh, but this is the time when um when they were getting really big. People uh, really knew about Arcade Fire uh, from the first record. Dave Bowie was talking about, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and they, they, I remember Dave Bowie, uh, their first couple tours and their first big tour, Dave Bowie would come on stage every now and then and sing a song with them, or they'd go on stage with Dave Bowie and sing a song with him. Uh, oh, that's or, awesome. Or, yeah, yeah, the, you know. And then um, The Suburbs came out uh, in 2010. And uh, I I remember this was deli- – I had pre-ordered. And I remember when it was coming out, I got I got a poster on my wall in the basement. I don't know if you saw that poster. It's The Suburbs, and it's like this photo showing all those old Studebakers from like the 50s. And it's like a overexposed photo. But, yeah, I um, think so. Yeah, but uh, that that I got the pre-order that came with that poster, and that poster, I, I think it's worth a lot now. But doesn't oh, wow. matter. Yeah, but uh, I remember I pre-ordered it, and I remember I'd go down to the mailbox every day, asking if the record come like check the mailman would be there, and I was like, can you just check my apartment number, like see if it's here, and, um, <laughs> and it finally came, and I had the sheet boombox, and I remember I the suburbs. Uh, is a when people talk about like records change their lives, the suburbs to me is one of those. Um, it's it's an amazing record, and so uh, you can expect my expectations were high as fuck when Reflector came out. Yeah, well, they also I seem to remember they had a huge marketing campaign for this. Yeah, one. so this is uh they they've this is strange. So when Reflector came out before it came out, uh, they hired all these triars to go around. And um, graffiti the place with this uh, the with the uh, circle and that you know the reflector signal signal at the time no one knew reflector was and I remember they did a few secret shows where the band name was the reflectors and they just played the one song reflector right (laughs) Um, and uh, they got in trouble because apparently some of the artists didn't use like the water soluble paint or Mm -hmm. um. Or, but, but this was the, they were, it was being pushed big. Um, uh, it's, and it's a strange record. It's different because the first three records are, are kind of like stripped down. They're like, they're like straight up. This is what, this is what instruments sound like. Right. Right. Um, so, um, we'll get to reflector. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give everyone a chance to uh, queue up their Spotify uh, it's a long record, guys. It's eighteen. It's eighteen songs. It is a double record. Um, I recommend that there's a sort of there's a sort of middle point where if you want to go take a piss or do something else and come back to it, that's okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, that and that starts on Here Comes Nighttime too. But um, this is Arcade Fire's Reflector. Okay, that was uh, Arcade Fire's Reflector. Um, produced, yeah, sure by James Murphy, uh, produced by James Murphy, LCD Sound System, a part of it. 
Uh, also produced by the band and their radio producer, Mark Drakis. Uh, this was recorded in three places. Uh, Jamaica, uh, DFA Studios by James Murphy, and I forget the third place. Um, this... Okay, so... Reflector is the... And why I picked it for this band is... It's the first one that has... Haitian... Rara music... Uh-huh. Uh, influences, and that's because... Regine Sasson, the the um, lead singer's wife, uh, is a Haitian or a, has Haitian heritage, and they actually went when the this right to hurricane the earthquake, and they went to actually Port Au Prince, and they uh, spent some time there. You know? Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, you can hear it in this record the influence it had on the band itself and their music. But we'll uh, we'll start out. We'll we'll do track by track, then we'll talk about it as a whole. Sounds okay? good to me. All right. Uh, so the first song, Reflector. Yeah, uh, I really, I really liked this one, and I was, I was impressed when I turned it on, and I was like, oh, an almost eight minute long song. Yeah, and, the uh, uh, the long song shoes are on the other foot. This is dancey. It's got like a disco element. Yeah, but it's also got this dark undercurrent, um, and that comes in like uh, later in the song. But ha- but it's um, I in. Th- they're a band where you can really examine their lyrics and it has a lot of shit. And the song Reflector, to me, it's, I guess, about the digital age. Uh-huh. Sort of like, sort of like seeing a reflection of something that's not actually seeing it. You know, like, like, um, you look in the mirror, you have your idea of what you're seeing, but that's not you. You know, the reflection is something different. Right. Um, and it's sort of, it's, and it, being a reflection is not tangible, but you are. Right. So again, it's talking about technology. It's doing that sort of trophy thing. It's like you know we need to be connected, but um, but they get noisy in this song. And they do. I love. I they just have so many different sounds and stuff on here. Like a lot of layers. You got like a synth layer. You got horns in here. You got guitars. Like there's always something to be like listening to or listening for. And I, I they're about about halfway through the song. There's this deep drop. Like under and it, it sort of it gave me goosebumps when I heard it, and to this day I still get goosebumps when I hear that part of the song. Um, uh, did you hear Bowie in it? Did you hear Dave Bowie pop up in the? Uh, I sure did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everyone was losing their fucking mind when they <laughs> heard Bowie on this song, <laughs> me included, me included. And I, you know, this was uh, a little bit. This is maybe four, four years before his death. And I think it's one of the f- few things he recorded with any other band before he. Before his actual final record, um, uh, Black Star, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah. But um, but uh, Reflector is the is the one they really. It's their first single off this record, and uh, they obviously had to send a a short version to the to the to uh, radio. But um, I remember I I I got I got on vinyl. Uh, it also came on CD. Surprisingly, I got like a final CD thing, and uh, I remember uh, popping in the car when I was going to lunch at work because uh, it came that morning. And mm-hmm. I actually, I remember actually waking up early to download it too. <laughs> so you have it downloaded and on CD and on vinyl. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, and uh, actually, I think one of my ex girlfriends has a CD version. I left in her car, and I <laughs> broke up with broke up with her. I forgot that was in there. It didn't really matter. Um, but, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I remember listening to it, and this guy in the car well, it was much was like, Yeah, it's like a disco song. And I, I guess, I, I <laughs> kind of, but, uh, I don't know. I got more like, of like an 80s vibe from this than like 
disco. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's song, a minute song, and right away you're brought in. This is the this is sort of like almost a sort of thesis for this record, almost. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Called, it's it's the titular song. So like yeah, reflector. Yeah. Um it better be uh, reflective of the rest yeah. of the album. And the next song is called We Exist, which is, I don't want to say it's too on the nose. <laughs> on a, it's pretty on the nose, but yeah, yeah. But I like it. Right. I like the message in it. I like yeah, the it's lyrics. A, it's, um, I love the refrain at the end. Um, it's a, basically about a guy coming out, a, uh, a homosexual man coming out. And this was before gay marriage was legal when yeah. this record came out, just right before. And so uh, he's, you know, Wynn Butler of Arcade Fire is making a message and it's there's a video um, with uh, Andrew, Andrew Garfield where he I, I don't like the video and I, I don't really want to talk too too much about the video uh-huh. but if you I, I guess go check it out I might <laughs> I mean I liked the song it was one of those like I was reading along with the lyrics but when it was playing like I was like bobbing my head I'm like oh this is pretty good and then you know reading the lyrics I'm like oh oh the lyrics are sad yeah, yeah, uh, the weirds are really sad. Like, like you know, would you watch me drown? That sort of thing. It, the, the guy in the in the, in the song, the, the narrator of the song, needs support, but he doesn't know he can count on to get it with. You know? Yeah, um, and that the, that kind of vibe of like having a danceable song with like really kind of like sad, but and even in like important lyrics, reminded me a lot of the band X and uh-huh. their song Johnny Hit and Run Eileen. Which is like it's a great song, but I remember uh, like an interview with them or a video, or it was something where basically they would like ask the audience like, "Why are you dancing to this? The lyrics are really messed up." And it's like, "Well, because you you wrote a really <laughs> kick ass song." <laughs> yeah. So and th- I, I this saw- one kind of falls in that same thing of like I almost feel bad rocking out to it, or like almost like the vibes don't quite mix on it. Yeah, I uh, I saw a Kimmy Dawson live. Kimmy Dawson, if you guys don't know, she's a a, a uh, I guess a this sounds gross to say they're anti-folk musician. Uh, oh. She's a member of the Moldy Peaches. She did the soundtrack for Juno, but I went to start her live. Um, and she had a few spoken word pieces, and a lot of them had a rhythm, so people would clap along. And there's one song where people would clap along, and she told them not to because it's about police brutality, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I, but this song is a kick-ass song. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Okay, uh, and then we move on, and then we move on to Flashbulb Eyes. Now, Flashbulb Eyes for people who never listen to Arcade Fire. If they listen to this song, I can understand them finding them grating. I love Flashbulb Eyes. I thought this was I, a really I, cool song. I love that it yeah. it like started noisy, and like every instrument has this it has like more of like a percussive vibe to it. Like the guitar is like single notes that are echoed out on the beat. And the drums, like everything, is very percussive as opposed to like yeah, yeah, carrying actually, chords and stuff. I wrote percuss- percussive sounds, and you know the steel drum in the chorus is what really brings it together. I think that bam, bam, bam. Uh, this song is pretty simple. It's about paparazzi, or you know, the old thing that you know, uh, cameras could take your soul. You know, like yeah. back in the day, a lot of a uh, superstition was brought around that. But to me, it's about like. Sort of like you're losing your soul if you get too much into the what people think of you, that sort of thing. Yeah, vanity, right? When did this album come out? 2013. Maybe the song was about MySpace or Facebook. <laughs> yeah, at the time, yeah, like that, yeah, a flashable bias. Um, 
paparazzi or something like that. Yeah. Um, celebrity culture, right? Um, and of course, we're condensing these songs down to just you know a simple message or so. I, I recommend you if you guys want to listen along to go ahead and read the lyrics while you're doing it. Um, oh, for sure. Then, yeah, I think this one uh, definitely benefits from having the lyrics there. He's not hard to understand or anything, but I mean, he's yeah. a good writer. Oh yeah, the, the songs in themselves are are, per, are superbly written. Um, but and then we get to here comes the nighttime, and I want to talk a little bit about this one before I I, I invite you into the conversation on this. Yeah. So so uh, this was written right after uh, written about his time in Haiti, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear the Haitian influence throughout this song. It is my favorite song on the record, um, hands down. Uh, but. You know, uh, that's all I'd say about it, really. Um, <laughs> so, but the thing I hate is that there's no electricity at night. And so this song, it references getting home before nighttime. If it comes, you better fucking, you know, get your house because parts of Haiti can be very dangerous. But um, what what did you think about this song when you heard it, man? I really liked it. Uh, one thing that I kind of like overall with the album is... Uh, I've heard a lot of people who like really like Arcade Fire and they're kind of like in the like I guess like the upper echelons of like indie rock like they're mm. at this point they're practically like a pop band um yeah. maybe not like with their music but like it, with their popularity and Yeah, everyone the, is the f- Arcade Fire is like basically. Yeah. Right? Um so I think it's really interesting the uh the amount of like experimentation Mm-hmm. that's on here that is still oh, yeah. i guess being accepted by as many people as there are who like arcade fire because i feel like a lot of experimentalism and you know playing with song structures and things like that is something you don't really see and i think maybe people are afraid that people won't accept it but then they i mean they still accept arcade fire so i don't Maybe people are wrong about that, but I like the song like starts off really fast and then it like slows down almost like they've like changed the speed on it. And I don't know. It was really cool. I, my, my, I, I, I remember, um, oh, so SNL had an after special of we'll call okay. Fire presents here come the nighttime. They had a little 30 minute special, like Bill Hader and Zach Alphanakis and Rain Wilson were in this sort of weird bar setting where the directors are playing. That's the after special on this one. The record it's about to come out, so they're building awareness. Um, but I remember, I, this is the first time I heard it, Here Comes the Nighttime. And I remember uh, hearing the verse, and it has that bum, bum, bum in the verse, you know? Uh-huh. And I remember laughing because I thought that shit was so creative. Because they, <laughs> they they do it different each time. And it's it's so simple, but it's so effective. Yeah, um, I really like, almost like the bass driving this song is uh-huh. somebody like just dragging a bowstring on a bass oh, yeah. like it it's such a weird sound like when you're listening i was trying to figure out what the sound was and i was like oh it's kind of like a weird synth sound and i'm like no that sounds too organic and it, it's definitely just like a really low bass note that has a lot of like a grit to it and this record has really two um messages right um it talks to missionaries and people who are who they say they have the answers to these people but they, but the, but they're the ones that are, they're separated, disconnected from life in Haiti. Right? Yeah. And then of course they're talking about like, what, why would I give a shit about heaven if there's no music there? 
You know, like, 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 what is heaven to other people? It doesn't mean anything to me. Exactly. Um, uh, of course, the line that everyone that I've mentioned that everyone else mentions. Now the preachers talk up on their satellites to looking for hell. Just try looking inside, and I love that line. <laughs> um, I love it because you know, like, you and I both know what. I mean, we, we, everyone in some instance, most people have witnessed um, desperation and sorrow. Right. And, you know, it's brought by different things. Some things are more awful than others. But we both know that what hell feels like to us. Right? Yeah. And so these people that are telling us that, you know, what is hell? uh, They don't know what hell. They're not telling us what hell really feels like. They're saying what it feels like for them. So I I, I really enjoy Here comes Nighttime Dallas to me. It's a funny song. It's a silly song. Not silly, but unconventional and experimental and I love Here Comes the Nighttime quite a bit. Yeah, I I really liked this one. I honestly like this album quite a bit. Yeah. For a band I've never uh, listened to, and now I'm... <laughs> it, I mean, it's not indicative of what the rest of their stuff sounds like, so I might have to explore that stuff, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, so the next song is called Normal Person. Mm-hmm. It's my... It's, uh, after I listened to it, I was like, maybe this is my favorite. Um... <laughs> It's a so the first half of it is not indicative of what it, I think it sounds like because um, it, it starts out it's like do you like rock and roll music because I don't think I do but then like the second half it's like a rock song a garage rock song yeah it, I like that it kind of starts off like they're playing like a bar show or something like that you've got crowd sounds you got feedback he's asking the question like he's on the mic about to sing a song yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> turn it up in the monitor. But, but um, that again, a song, a song about like the apathy of people and what is normal, or you know, and then it's weird because he goes back and forth, but he's saying what is normal, what is normal, really, and then he says fuck you normies, sort of, yeah, <laughs> sort of, and then he, then he's like, but we're all the same, really, aren't we? Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, he says that thing though in there about um, like I've never really met a normal person, have you? Which. Yeah. What I was getting from that is, like, the goal of, like, quote-unquote normal is kind of this almost, like, homogenous normal culture that it's, like, we're working towards, but nobody is actually is that, so why is that the goal? Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this song quite a bit. Um, yeah, it was interesting. It, this is another it, one that I felt was pretty on the nose. Yeah, it was it was a rocking song, though. It's a, It's got, you know, I... I mean, I feel like I play it, but um, but it's a fun song. I I uh, I think it's really cool. Um, then we move on to you already know, and I want to mention you hear this um this uh, song uh, this clip at the beginning from Jonathan Ross. Uh, it's a British show, and they're on there, and you hear like a breaking glass sound, which uh when they're on the show the, and they started their first song, uh, Wynn went up the camera and broke the camera using his mandolin. Um, oh geez, yeah, yeah seventeen thousand dollar camera. But uh, and here's the story behind it. So the band was there in London, and um, whether it turns out when they're in London, their friend was having a wedding there. But they the the um, studio executives at the Jonathan Ross show made them stay uh, and miss the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. They were st- stuck there for eight hours. They could have gone the wedding back in the time, but they made them stay. And so Wynn was really upset. And stressed out. So when they started the song, he didn't mean to break the camera, but he definitely meant to do something. And so uh, to show like he was a rock star, I guess he put it on the record. Um, 
but it's not called you already know. Uh, also kind of a, uh, interesting when it comes to song structure, but, um, I don't know. It's, I, I, I feel like some of the weaker songs in the record do the fact that, um, that it, it, I don't, I feel like it's kind of almost, I don't want to say it's filler, but it's, I get I don't what you're saying. It, it feels, it doesn't feel as creative as the rest. It feels more like homage I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I was listening to it, I'm like, this just, like, parts of it just kind of sounded like The Passenger. Yeah, it, by, it, um, uh, The Stooges. Yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely hear that. I, I mean, the song itself is about deteriorating relationships, sort of, and it touches even on the song before it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel, I feel like this, the theme is the same, sort of. But it's also about not letting life pass you by. I sort of get that. Or, you know, you feel, you, you know, I feel this way. Don't let it overtake you. But yeah, you know, more more reflector stuff. It's about self self reflection. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. an important part. Like, I I like those lines about like, um, like you know, you know, stop asking why for all these things because you know it already. Like you're just wasting your time by not facing it by not reflecting mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Uh, then we went to Joan of Arc. Uh, the, the first song of this song is like it sounds like a like a nasty punk song, right? Yeah, for like a second. Yeah, and I was and like, then, oh, this is gonna be cool. Yeah, and then then it breaks down. <laughs> yeah, into, I uh, don't like this roof. one that much after that. Yeah, uh, uh, this is uh, by far I think everyone's least favorite song on the record. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think my issue with it is it's it's pretty long, which you know I'm usually fine with long songs, but it's. It's very repetitive, where in the other longer songs, even when they're repeating things, they're changing stuff up and doing something interesting. I think the only part I think I like about the song is the chorus where she goes, uh, where it's the French part, Jean d'Arco. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the French uh, verses of this song. I do, but too. Of Arc, but it, when it comes to Joan of Arc, the song itself is not that good. Um, I've talked to people that hate this song, and they think it fucks up the whole record for them. Not for me. But uh, I I I do understand that that it fits in the record in the way that they did because they started out with twenty songs and they pared it down a little bit. Um, uh, but uh, but uh, I've heard and when said when Beller says that they are the band that spends most of the time after the record's finished they spend like weeks sequencing it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I can imagine they had a harder time sequencing Joan of Arc, and I guess they wanted to keep it. Yeah, it might have worked better as a a single or something. Like a B side, maybe, right? Yeah. Uh, so here comes the nighttime too. Uh, say this to me is the part where you can after this song you can take a piss, you can eat dinner. Um, uh, after but, this one, I would say at the end of Joan of Arc you can, okay? Because I feel like okay. this one kind of ushers in part Second two album. of the yeah part two of the album where it feels like a lot of these songs after it are very interconnected with each other. Oh yeah, they definitely are. You guys like to, Except to, to this me. song and Here Comes the Nighttime Part One. I feel like those are not connected to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This 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 second Here Comes the Nighttime Two is sort of the inverse. It's sort of like it's depressing because the first Here Comes the Nighttime is about jubilation. You know, it's uh, a <clears throat> at least the sound of it. And this one, it's about this dude who's a shitty friend <laughs> and he's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's depressing, and I think you know showing the other side of that has um has you know I think it has value. Yeah. Uh, it's not my 
they actually wrote this one before they wrote the first one. So interesting. Yeah, and they kind of, I guess, melodically sort of. Yeah, um, maybe maybe this is that hell he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, because it's about like basically a depressed guy who hurts his friends in the process. You mm-hmm. know, and I, I don't know if you've I, I maybe you've been that guy, maybe you know that guy, but um, but yeah, that's the narrator about a guy who hurts his friends in the you know he goes out and hangs out with his buddies or his you know loved ones, and he he's like you know he's like well fuck you you're an asshole. So am I. So what matters? Sort of, sort of uh, aspect of it, right? But um, this, like you said, th- um, this ushers in the second half, and it talks about Greek mythology, which I almost knew nothing about. Um, and well, I have you looked up? Okay, well, do you know the story of? Yeah, Eurydice and Orpheus, right? Yeah, I, I did look it up, and this all actually, uh, I heard this record was also um, influenced a lot by the by the film black orpheus okay um yeah so but yeah i mean even like looking at the cover of the album i'm pretty sure that's the two of them at, mm-hmm. in statue form oh yeah so uh what's about awful sound uh called or or your or your mm-hmm. um so it starts out with whoop like 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 <laughs> a, a side whistle going down kind of um it's some sort of like digital dialing in thing because I've heard that exact sound on a Secret Chiefs album, and it's a reference to something <laughs> that I don't know. Like I feel okay. like, I feel like it would be like showing somebody now like the dial up internet sound. Yeah. Okay. So it's one of those like I think it's like a reference that's lost on me because I don't know what it's from, but I've heard it before. Uh yeah, it's um, it's uh, but uh. I would say I I, I, I like this uh, song quite a bit, Awful Sound. Uh, this one might have been, it's like my second favorite on the album, because it has this, it, it, you mentioned something earlier about how it sounded like, their early album sounded like two bands that were squished together. Yeah. This sounds like two songs that are being played at the same time that somehow match up, because it's like, whatever the drums are doing does not match up with like the timbre and the sound of what the rest of the instruments are doing, but that yeah. they somehow work together really well. Yeah. This song is interesting because it has like double meaning because mm-hmm. uh, for one, it's something about the story of Eurydice and Orpheus, but it also like all those, all those songs, like all those fables have a double meaning. If you look at them, like this song to me is it it's about this toxic relationship and about this guy who wants this girl who's having all these issues inside herself to um, lay the burden on him so she can be his freak because he, this guy wants her to feel better. Right. Um, but, and then he's like, well, we'll just leave. You know, that'll show him. Everyone is talking about us. They'll, they'll show that our love is pure and our love is real. Right. Um, it, it's, and these songs, I don't want to think that I, I there's since they're referencing a fable, I don't think that that melodramatic, mm-hmm. but, but they're dramatic songs. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, in the in they rock. Like, like, like to me, I was, <laughs> I was I was I was tapping my foot to most of the songs in this record. It it is a dancey record. Uh, it might be dark. It might be a uh, might be a. Uh, uh, dank, but but it's a, it's a, it's a dancey record. And, uh, oh yeah, I, the, the I think the whole 
that second half of this is a bit slower than the first half, but I I think it's just it's just as valid. Um, yeah, it's can... it's less dancey, but I feel like it's more experimental. I think a lot more care was taken taken with this part of the album. I think it's, it's a lot more. It, like, it's I don't just know. as rewarding if you give it the chance. Yeah, that's, I, I know. like very intellectually stimulating. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, both the, this record itself, if you give the time, is rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it, and I, I don't think that. I don't think that's. I don't want to say it's a. Pro, it's not a problem at all. I fucking love this record, um, but uh, but I can see people falling off the second half of it. Um, pretty easily because it's a long record. It's like an hour, right? An hour and fifteen. Yeah, hour and fifteen. So, uh, but after awful sound, oh, you're this. We get to the second part called Hey Orpheus, ne- or it's never over, right? Yeah, which is the uh, opposite side of that because awful sound was told from Orpheus's perspective, and this one is told from Eurydice's <laughs> perspective. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm yeah. so bad with how to pronounce Greek names. I knew Orpheus, but Eurydice is kind of hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, th- this song is kind of about like um, the the second half of it, but also sort of like um, uh, whatever it down. To me, I felt it was like how you ask ask someone to to sort of protect you, mm-hmm. but but in the end, it's all about about you having to face the trials and tribulations of your life itself, like like. You can't be protected from everything. Yeah. But you have a guy who, or someone who will try to, and they'll fail. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, like, um, and it's, it's also about sort of inspiration, I feel like, like, like inspiring the selfish acts or selfless acts in the same aspect. So it's kind of hard to know what the song's about, honestly, unless you read the Eurydice and Orpheus sort of the cliff notes version of their of their tale but yeah um, this is my favorite song on the album um oh okay wow it does some really cool things with like um where it joins the two songs um Mm -hmm. where there's a part where she says hey orpheus and he says oh eurydice at the same time oh yeah when they say it it's like oh that's a cool effect i don't know i love i love callbacks i love like references to other things like it it shows that they like really thought about a lot of this stuff and it does mention i think the reflective age at the end of the song doesn't it i think so yeah 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 oh uh, also um this was also uh soren kierkegaard was a uh an inspiration on this record he wrote a a a essay about the ref- the passionate age and uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know much about kierkegaard i don't know if you do i no. should have taken maybe i should have taken a philosophy class in high school or something. Or <laughs> I don't even know if we learned Kierkegaard in my philosophy classes. I I, I didn't have philosophy class in high school, but I, I considered taking it in a uh, college. But uh, there was this guy in my in my English comp class who was really into psychology or into philosophy, and so we had this paper. One of the first papers we had to write in English comp, first one one or whatever, is uh, we had to write a paper sort of about ourselves. Right? Mm-hmm. This guy wrote a paper about philosophy, nothing about himself, right? And so we had to do a peer review of it. And so I was like, hey, man, it was really well written. I was impressed. I was like, hey, yeah, this is really well written, but it really says nothing about yourself. So when you go home tonight and fix it up, make sure you include things about you because that's, that's what the assignment's about, right? So next time we go to class, he turns it in, 
and the uh, and the and the teacher calls him up here and brings him up. It's like, hey, um, I I like this paper you wrote, but it's not really the assignment. He's the they got a little heated, right? Uh-huh. So they in the hallway, and uh, you can hear the teddy back and forth, back and forth. And he's like, I can tell you about philosophy today. She's like, I'm sure you can, but that's an assignment. And, then, and he starts yelling at her. And he, she goes, I think you need to calm down. And the student goes, what think you're an idiot? And walks out, right? <laughs> and, and the whole class heard this. And so she walks in. The class is silent. And one of the, one of the students goes, Professor Brahma, I don't think you're an idiot. <laughs> and, um, and, but the guy lost his fucking mind. But, uh, uh, but uh, I tell that story, I think, to everyone uh, – but that's the story that the fought. Anyway, moving Great. on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after um, it's never over. Hey, Orpheus. We go to porno, which is the song that's not about Orpheus or Eurydice. Yeah, but, um, but it but, is uh, about love. Yeah, now, uh, porno warps of you, I think, of love mm-hmm. in this aspect. Like, when you're, you and I, I, I think we, I or me, I'm a little bit too old to know about free porn when I'm a child. Right, right. But every every kid now, who's thirteen or fourteen or twelve, will have that friend that's like, "Hey man, if you go Pornhub, you get all the free porn you want." <laughs> like, like that. But uh, I um, I'm a little too old for that. I'm thirty. I turned thirty four Tuesday. Oh so, hey, it's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. And I, I don't, my wife has something planned. I don't know what it is. But she she said that there. Uh, Every birthday she's she's giving me a theme. Last year it was Black Phillip, and this year it's like horror films. And I showed you that um, the the sticker she sent me, and I'm showing you right now. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, my wife gave me stickers of uh, one from the lighthouse. She shows a they're all like old school tattoo style, mm-hmm. right? And one is a a dead um seagull that says bad luck from from uh from the lighthouse, and then a, of course the deliciously Black Phillip sticker. Uh, Feed Me Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. And then uh, Weird and Pissed Off from The Thing. So, yeah, I love my these favorite movies. And, and I can't wait to actually get this bad luck seagull tattooed on my forearm. Yeah, moving on. Uh, we asked the guy, by the way, and he uh, wants a little bit of uh, kickback. So, we'll probably give him like 50 bucks for using the design. Nice. But, of course, but of course uh, I'm not going to ask a complete copy. I want the, the tattoo artist to take their interpretation of it. But, um, I can't wait. Um, but uh, but uh, porno. So uh, it's a it's a, it's got this bump bump bump. It's got this consistent synth rhythm in the background, right? Yeah. Um, and the song itself is about sort of love and sex, and that when sex complicates things, how do you how do you move on from that? It, it, because one, it sex can make the love or the uh, the feeling you have deeper, but also also more primal. At the same time, so it has this weird juxtaposition, um, and, and then of course the kids looking at the porno. They the, what they're looking at is not what this guy feels for the narrator feels for the girl in this song or the or the lover in this song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like uh, I I think one of the things I like about this song also when it comes sonically is there's this line that it says a uh, uh, line is lost. And it, it's like super distorted, um, and I don't know if it has to do with the lyrics of the song or the structure of the song. But to me, I I really like the um, the uh, the reverb. I guess the best way to put this. Yeah, I I love when they they mess around with vocal effects and things like that. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I want to say about porno. I knew a guy who said that that was the shortest on the record. I I guess I see that, but to me, it's not my favorite. But yeah, I feel like how much you like this one depends on, I guess, how much you agree with the message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I definitely agree with it, but but um, I'm not I'm not all, I'm not anti porno. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think the narrator is too, but I think he's he's saying that the kids nowadays, and when they look at porn, they're not gonna um, know what. I don't know, but uh, I also read this stupid fucking person who thought this this line was about finding out his uh their their significant other watches porn, which is I I wouldn't want to be in a relationship where you'd feel ashamed about admitting that. Mm-hmm. So um so like like I I mean there's this you know there's two sides of the feminism thing porn is empowering or porn is like awful right. Right, or it's it's the same as what's is sex work good or sex work bad, but um, but I I I I don't want to talk about that too much because I don't think it really <laughs> I think I think it takes away from the song itself, but um, but the song it's it's a good song I'll put it that way I like the song yeah I liked it yeah, which moves us to afterlife which I think this really distills what the what Wynn thinks about afterlife he he either doesn't like it thinks there exists. Or he thinks that that what we think of the as an afterlife is um is um flawed. I, I, I the strange thing I talked about this with my wife this morning about I don't know if I believe in afterlife. I'm kind of agnostic of the thought, uh-huh. but I mostly don't believe it. Um, my personal thoughts on afterlife: I think once we die, it's like turning off a television; it's not there. Right. But but everyone <laughs> has their own view of it, and I said I'm agnostic. I'm open to the thought of they bring the afterlife, but I just... She's been burping a lot. Um, I don't think it's likely. Um, <laughs> Bubbly-ass beer. Yeah, I know. I, it's good, man. This, I, I never had this Cosmic IPA. It's really juicy and delicious. <laughs> uh, and I'm not... Uh, I'm becoming more of an IPA guy as I drink more beer. But I think that's common, right? Like, like no one drinks IPA right away and loves it, right? I'm not sure. I feel like I've flip-flopped quite a bit on it. Of like, I loved it when I first had it, and then I really started hating them, and I think that coincided with them, them being the beer companies, uh, like going ham with it, where they're like, everything's a double IPA or an imperial IPA, like how hoppy can we make this thing? And I'm like, it stopped tasting good. It just kind of started being like a challenge. When did you realize that ham meant hard as a motherfucker? Um, uh, jeez. Uh, I not that long ago, like five years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, I didn't know that. Like, 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 I've heard people go ham. I've heard it on television, and I didn't know me the hard as a motherfucker. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, sorry. Uh, no, that's right. Uh, but yeah, the, I think it's a, it's a pretty good song. Um, maybe a little forgettable. Like, I, I really like the lyrics, but I don't really remember anything about the song. Um, yeah, it dri- it drifts out. Um, fuzzes out, but there's still this little twinkle. Right, like yeah. At the end, uh, this little light sort of a uh, gliding sound at the end after the rest of it fuzzes out, which brings us into the final song, "Super Symmetry." By the way, was originally written for uh, Spike Jones, uh, uh, Spike Jones film "Her." Uh, oh, movie. I love that movie. I, I love her as well, and so uh, you know, it's about that movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what else, what else to say. It's about about sort of this person who's constantly around. 
but also leaves you at the same time. And once she leaves, you don't know what to fucking do. Yeah. You know, uh, this is another one. Like I liked the lyrics on it. Um, I felt like the music was building to something a lot cooler. And then when I saw that the runtime was 11 minutes, cause it kind of started off with just kind of like shimmery synth sounds. Like it yeah. seemed like it was really building up. And I was like, Oh man, I'm, I hope it builds to something. I'm kind of, I'm a little bored. And then I was like, oh, it's 11 minutes long. And then it still didn't build to anything. And then no, it's kind of... At the end, at the end, we get this sort of ambient noise, which uh, I, I kind of wish this record would end with a bang. Yeah. But it, it just sort of fizzle. It didn't fizzle. I don't want to use the term fizzle out. Uh, but but it, it sort of ended. Yeah. <laughs> and it it didn't, just, I it wish was, it would have built to something. Abru- it wasn't an abrupt ending, but it, it's sort of like, you're like, like it's been three minutes, nothing really has changed. Yeah, <laughs> I guess this this is the other three minutes will just be the sound, and it was. Um, maybe it but, was giving uh, you time to reflect. Ooh, maybe. Uh, I mean, a lot of people who want to uh, think their bands up this ass will think about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I understand the, um, the I, I understand, but don't agree with the with the people who think this band's full of shit. Because um, they've made two perfect records in my mind. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. This is one of them. Close to perfect. Um, it's really I good. Fu- I love, fucking love Reflector. I think it's an incredible record. It's, it's astonishing uh, what this thing can bring out of me. And I'm really fucking glad I listened to it today. Um, I felt like... Did this album have like some sort of... Uh, adverse reaction from the... Uh, from Arcade Fire fans, like I feel like people didn't like it, and then no, pe- people really liked um, this one, but they liked the suburbs more. Gotcha. Um, uh, and also, like I said, uh, it's it's a record different from Arcade Fire. Like 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 the, the adverse reaction was the change in direction. Okay. Um, uh, uh, with our theme today, albums that sound different than the discography. This is a record that sounds different from uh, previous Arcade Fire records. Um. And then their newest one, everything now, which is mostly okay. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not the best. There's some songs in there just fucking dog shit, um, which is and so. Uh, that say everything now. The new record, it's not as bad as people say it is, uh-huh. but it's definitely not. It's definitely not their best, not by a long shot. But uh, reflect. Oh, Daft Punk helped produce it, or one of the yeah. dudes from Daft yeah. Punk. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. So Punk. did. Did Arcade Fire start off kind of having electronic dancey sounds? Cause... Not at all. They were okay. they used these like hurdy gurdies and shit like that. They used like ancient instruments, kind of. Okay. Because um, yeah, yeah way... I I feel like I mean I've had a lot of people talk to me about Arcade Fire, um, but every every time they talk about something, they I, they must be thinking about a different album when they talk about it because I've heard so many things and none of it like when I put on Reflector and opened with like cool synth lines i was like i don't think this is the band they were talking about <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's what i was getting at like this, i i i didn't really struggle that hard because when i re- pulled the the topic out of the hat this came to mind immediately okay and I, you know i i was like i mean you know i could do research or i could uh, shrine this cool ass record <laughs> I like you know, cool like, ass records and so uh yeah this is reflected by k fire it's my second favorite in their catalog it goes like this, and this is going to be surprising. Number one is Suburbs. Number two is Reflector. Number three is Neon Bible. Number four is Funeral, which is kind of tied with Neon Bible. And number five is Everything Now. Um, so this is this is 
number two in my favorite arcade fire record. Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I really like Reflector, and I was really happy to be able to show it to you today. Well, maybe I'll have to try out the suburbs because this was this was really enjoyable, really interesting. Yeah, this, yeah the suburbs. Uh, yeah, I may have that in vinyl, but this is the suburbs came out well before I was collecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so uh, fuck. Um, what else you got going on, pal? Oh, uh, hold on. You like this record? Do you think you'll, you think you might check out other K-Fire from this? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'll okay. I'll definitely be checking other stuff out. Um, because it was it was definitely interesting enough and enjoyable enough that I think there's something here for me. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. Uh, you said the mollusk for for Wayne. If I want to get into Wayne. Yeah, but good? maybe don't listen to it because. It'll probably show up at some other point. Okay, <laughs> I agree. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Plus, big fuck. It's good. That one. That's one of those ones. Like, I want to be in the room with you. Like, I want to watch okay. you listen to that album. <laughs> okay. Because it is yeah, an this... experience. Uh, is it long? No, it's not long. It, okay. It's maybe a similar length. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, but it's just. That one has so much just like out of left field stuff, but it all works. Okay. But it, like it's just a joy to listen to. Like remember when I did Mr. Bungle and I was kind of just like, all right, stuff's gonna happen, and you're just <laughs> you're just gonna have to kind of accept it. And the mollusk is kind of like that. They're not as noisy. It's not as noisy, but just like like when you hit a part of a song that has a Muhammad Ali solo. Okay, it's kind of like all that right. level of stuff where you're just like. What? Hold on. Okay, I'm. I'm. I'm okay, I'll, I'll save myself for when we listen to it together. Yeah, that one's only forty five okay. minutes long. Okay. So, um, what else you got? So that was uh records that are different from the rest of the band's discography. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Uh, I really like this one. I have fun. Okay, fun with some of these kind of out there themes. Okay. So, uh, what else you got going on, pal? Uh, I am in a band called okay, Smell. Okay. Um, we're on Bandcamp at smell.bandcamp.com. Got two albums. They're both free. If you like the intro and the outro to this podcast, that's who does it. <laughs> um, but that, that's about it. That's about all I have going on. What about yourself? I do another podcast weekly called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Where wherever we find podcasts, we usually do two new movies a week. They're in the movies the new I'm talking within the past couple months uh it's been kind of challenging in, in this last month because in the last couple months because the pandemic you know yeah the theaters are closed but we've been finding some good stream picks and uh, if you guys want to i guess follow along um go ahead and listen to it if you want to hear some movies that suck and some that do so it's again movies that don't suck and some that do uh, wherever you find podcasts, where you find Record Night, you'll find who's going to suck what's going to do. But if you want to contact Record Night, you can get a hold of us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Record Night, or uh, at recordnightpod at gmail.com. Yeah, we're also on Instagram at, I believe, yeah. Record Night Pod as well. Yeah, so uh, it is time for us to pick up the next category. Woo! Next theme. So hold on, so hold on one second while I get the hat. And I'll shake it the up. The hat is never close to you. I know, I fuck up. Oh, <laughs> oh I hear it. Uh, dude, I, I gotta save. 
as 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 much as I'm touching this thing, I'm really excited to pick out a category. Um, here we go. Uh, okay. Oh, she got two. Let me shake up again. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, this is interesting. It's um. This one is uh, the category is every rose has its thorn. So this category oh. would be every uh, good record that has one shitty song. Okay, that's how you're interpreting it, yeah. or that's how yeah, yeah. that that's the theme. That, that to me, that's how I'm interpreting it. You can interpret it you want, but every rose has its thorn. By that shitty song, I think by Poison in, uh-huh. in the '80s. But, and, uh, but this is one that's newer that I added in the hat after we uh, after we did the hat thing started going up. But every rose has its thorn. So you pick a record that you said has one really shitty song. Yeah. Or so, or a song you don't think fits in that's that shitty. But I already have mine in mind, and I've been waiting for to talk about this record. So. Awesome. Um, I'll I'll see if I interpret it that way. Cause I think this one yeah. is very very open to interpretation. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and cue with it, cause I need to be able to do that. It's fun. <laughs> um, I like being cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, that was that was um, record night. That was um, episode fifteen. Yeah, I know. And we're gonna hopefully do plenty more of these next week. Okay. Sweet or er, next episode, sweet sixteen. Oh yeah, yeah, sweet sixteen. That's nice. Um, all right, man. Uh, uh, have a good night. We'll see you guys later. See you next time.